Hello, 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 and welcome to the Underwater Sunshine Podcast. I am half your host, Adam Duritz, and I'm here with my friend, compatriot, boon companion, and bosom buddy. <laughs> <That's good>. uh, <laughs> that you're getting good at now, James Campion. There you go. The <laughs> other half. Yeah, I gotta, I, when you toss me that, I got to catch it quickly still. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, first of all, he called it Underwater Sunshine Podcast. That's excellent. That's a big improvement. And number two, I, I like how you're adding... The intro now is becoming, to me, is becoming a, a, a thing now. It's, oh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's expanding. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing How are half. you? How are you? I, I am pretty good. Uh, it's a warm day in New York City today for some reason. It's nice. Uh, I, I would like some snow, but I, I'm uh, Didn't I'm you okay get snow? Did you get snow when we got 10 inches? We did. We did. But I would like more snow, and I would like it to stay. Yes. Well, On a more permanent basis. Tis the season. So today, we are going to talk about our pal... The ever-wonderful Stephen Kellogg, who's got a new record out called Objects in the Mirror. It's getting some great reviews. Rolling Stone raved about it. And uh, you're writing a piece on him as well. I saw him a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we just wanted to talk a little bit about his new record because, you know, it's, it's kind of great. It's very great. Um, congratulations, Stephen. sent him a text uh, the first week I started listening to it. And, um, you know, you want to like it when, when somebody you like and you respect greatly, and you've liked his earlier stuff, comes out with something new, but you never know. And you might like half of it, two-thirds of it. There might be one or two songs you'd pull out that are really great. But I have to say, from the opening notes of the first song all the way through, it's a journey, and it's beautifully done. It's If you love Stephen, it's classic. He, uh, I was just talking about this with Adam before we started the tape. If you listen to his stuff, he, he writes about his life in such an honest and open way, so lovingly about his family, about his past, uh, wondering about his future. Uh, he really does communicate that, that, that experience of you know, being in his early 40s now and, um, and all the things that he's, he's experienced, death, uh, joy, marriage, children, friendships coming and going having money, not having money, all the things that are very relatable are in this album. It's just a brilliant, brilliant album. The songs are excellent. I, I love it. I really do. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm happy to see him finally getting some recognition, too, because the guy, you know, he's been a working musician uh, from his days with the Sixers. He's got a fan base that is absolutely rabid, uh, that shows up singing all the songs, and you know, he hasn't gotten, you know, for someone who's been successful at a certain level and working for a long time, he hasn't gotten a lot of the recognition I think he deserves. And, uh, you know, it's hard to stay a working musician for that long without being pretty great, you know, and, and he's been at it. And I'm just glad to see him getting some of this recognition now, finally, you know, to get the Rolling Stone review like that. Uh, that's just amazing. Um, what do you want to start off with? It's up to you. There's three songs that I picked out, and Adam and I tossed a few out because, again, they're all brilliant, really, honestly. Um, but there's three that really, really hit me, and I was mentioning it before. You know, when I interviewed Steven uh, a couple of years ago for a piece I wrote about the Tour de 40 uh, when he did that tour when he was turning 40, and um, he said one quote to me that I think really informs this record. He said, I'm just trying to communicate to the people that I grew up with, the people understand what I'm going through because I know they're all going through the same thing. I think that's what, and I'm sitting right across from a great songwriter, 
But I, I think that's what songwriters are trying to do. You're trying to connect to those people, not only of your generation, but anyone, that what you're going through in your life, how you express it. We talked to Sean Barner here, and we've, we, we played Sean's stuff a couple of months ago, how he's talking about his particular area of political and social awareness. Here's Stephen internalizing. He's expressing all these things that are happening in his own life. So these three songs, I believe, that we'll play today really do reflect the record and what Stephen really writes about. I'll let Adam choose the first one, but they're all really in that in that vein. I think. Well, let's start with the title song then, because it is it is really about the it begins with the day of his birth and goes through a lot of things in his life. So uh, let's start with that. This is uh, our pal Stephen Kellogg from the album Objects in the Mirror, the title song Objects in the Mirror. I'll be trying to reach you till I hear you. It's so wonderful to think that you were born those many years ago. 11, 28, 76 The day that I was born Right before my parents split And it was hard, I know, on them When you're young, raising children As we look back through the Visions closer than they appear Stubbing toes on toys Those days you wish were still here There'll be objects in the mirror Schools only television said no one told us now we knew every dream does not come true as we look back through the
Notice at the beginning, a uh, phone message from his mom, who he mentions later in the uh, in the song, uh, passing away, leaving him a message about his birthday. He opens with his birthday, eleven twenty eight seventy six. I love the fact that I, I hadn't read the lyrics; I've been listening to it, hadn't read the lyrics. And on the lyric sheet, he has the the exactly like almost like he's doing diary entries, memory diary entries. It has one dot twenty eight dot eighty six. Of course, as we're listening along, I had just been listening to snippets of it, listening to the whole record, so I hadn't really sat down with the lyrics. So Adam and I are going through what could have happened on the 28th of 1986. And my, the first thing that popped into my head was the Challenger. So everybody watched that. It was during the week. For some reason, I have a memory of it being during the summer, but I looked it up, and sure enough, the Challenger, because he mentions even when they say the sky above will be clear, there will be objects in the mirror. When we watched it at school, because, especially because Krista McAuliffe was a school teacher. That's right. The, the, the first woman who she died. The first female astronaut yes. as well. Yeah. Yes, who died, yeah. And um, we we hadn't been able to figure out 4-1-2003, a real, I guess, a personal one for for uh, for Stephen because he mentions the day I said goodbye to my favorite refugee, if he came to us again, would we even let him in? Which, of course, is a comment I would assume about the, 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 the current uh, climate 
uh, with um, refugees coming to this country and whether we should let them in or not let them in and what they represent. Are they terrorists? Are they families in need? Because he does make references to that in, in other songs about how we could just be kinder to each other and when things are out there that look negative all the time, we there's places we can go. And then, of course, he, he, he writes about the, the day his mom – not the day his mom died, but the, the day his mom was last his mom. And having lost an uncle to um, dementia, eventually there was a time in which he no, you know, no longer was my Uncle Johnny. I will say this too, one more thing before – because <laughs> I'm dominating here. But I want to say that a couple of weeks ago when I recorded my last podcast with Adam, I was here in New York, had a long weekend with my brother-in-law, and I was tired, exhausted, and I guess a little hungover. And I walked all the way downtown. I stopped at the Strand Bookstore where I used to take Scarlet when she was little. I've been going to that bookstore since the 80s, one of my favorite places on earth, around Lower Broadway. And I went upstairs to go to the bathroom. The bathrooms are right across from the children's section. And this wash of unbelievable melancholia and nostalgia came over me. Like, my daughter's 10 now, and she acts like she's 16. She's on YouTube all day. She has favorite bands, and she has boys she likes, and her what friends fighting with each other, and she's already kind of grown up. And I picture her and me sitting there watching them read, like, the cat in a hat and this big guy walking around. It just was this unbelievable – I was so sad, but, like, those days are never going to come back. So those first lines when he writes – uh, when he sings, stubbing toes on toys, those days you'll wish were still here. Kind of, you can't wait for those to go away when you have a toddler, and then they are gone. And you're like, what the hell happened? You know, such a beautiful song, like all these songs. That's why I still leave shit lying all over the house <laughs> to remind me of my childhood and my adulthood <laughs> and my young adulthood and last year. And you're tripping on your own toys. You know, as Stephen's family, I, I'm, I just want to say I'm so glad everyone's okay. They got into a car accident yesterday uh, while he was gone. He flew home. Or maybe it was the night before. They, oh, something with a deer. He sent me all these pictures. The, the car's really busted up, but all, all the girls are fine. And uh, he flew home for the night last night from Boulder, I think, just to see everybody and then back out on tour today. Because uh, that's the kind of guy. So he is. just our best to Kirsten and Sophia and. Addie and Noel and Greta, I'm glad you're all well. And and I think it's right around Noel's birthday as well. So happy birthday, Noel! Uh, it's, there's something about Stephen Kellogg that just uh, he's just one of my favorite people. He's a great, great guy. I mean, I, I I mean, I have a bunch of people in my life that I really enjoy that way. But I uh, I had such a good time with him and his dad and his oldest two, Addie and 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 Sophia, at the show a few weeks ago. It was just really cool. They were they were great to be around. They're really cool. At, at his show, yeah, at his show at uh, City Winery, it was really fun. Right, and then um, he he brought the girls out. You mentioned in the podcast when we had him on for the garden sessions that he brought the girls out for your concert this year, and yeah. you kind of shouted them out, and they were excited about that. Well, I, you know, it's weird. I think we talked about it. It's just sometimes you can just see someone in the audience. Like <laughs> you can't really see all the audience very much, but the lights fall where the lights fall, and every once in a while, it's just the way the lights work. They're just shining on one person and sometimes it's someone you know it was just like so weird it was on his girls that night the just light was just dead on them the whole <laughs> night i just could see that i couldn't see anyone else in the audience but i could totally see them uh so what do you want to play next well before we leave the song though i want to ask you a question as a songwriter it's very easy in a song like that to for it to be corny you know saying a date and then singing something about it but he pulls it off so beautifully it's a it's a type rope isn't it when you try something like that it's well i think uh 
you can never underestimate the power of a really good melody. And that song has a great melody. It, you know, it's funny. We all think about lyric writing as being so important in some ways. And it is, you know, but like... Good point. The one thing you create out of nowhere every time is your melody and the music. And it's a really beautiful, sad melody in that song that is uh, an earworm. It's impossible to get out of your head at times. And, I, you know, I think that's... You know, I think he writes very heartfelt and well anyways. I don't think it runs into any cliches in that song anyways. No but way. I gotta tell you, that's a really good melody. And and uh you can never underestimate like the good enough melody and you can say anything, really. Right. You know, and that's and, a really good melody. And the funny thing about that is when you know, as a writer, the second the song opens when he says a date and then he says, you know, I was born you're like, okay, I know where this song is going, right? He's, it's going back. It reminded me of Jackson Brown's Running on Empty where he talks about how old he was in 69 and when he first went on the road in 73 and, and all these different things. And uh, uh, So it's been done before, and if it's done right the way it is in, in Running on Empty and here, uh, it knocks it out of the park, which he does. Uh, well, I guess the next thing we should play then uh, is a song about memories and points in his life, touchstones. I... I think almost once an album, if not more than once an album, he writes something about his wife, <laughs> and who's a lovely person. I got to meet her and, and, and talk quite a bit about her. And it's funny. She's just like Stephen in the way where very selfless. When I first met her, I met her backstage at your show in Connecticut because they live in Connecticut. You guys played Hartford that night. And he introduced me, and we got to talking. And all she wanted to talk about was my writing, like what we were doing together, the Zevon book coming out, writing, what it – she had studied it maybe, and she was inter- – there was, there was this nonstop – it was really cool. She made me feel really comfortable. I felt like I'd been talking to her my whole life. So I can kind of get they, – they met really young, it seems, from his songs, that they were high school sweet, sweethearts or – Yeah, I think they met like sophomore year in high school or something like that. Yeah. You know, junior year in high school. It was early on at a dance or something. Uh, it's funny. He talked about this in the concert. He told this story about how, you know, somebody asked him at one point like – when did you know you loved her? And he said, oh, it's the first time I saw her. She was wearing these jeans, and I, I saw her across the room. And at a, at a dance, we were, like, in high school. It was amazing, you know. And I just knew right then I loved her. And on, on a separate occasion, they asked her when she first knew. And she goes, oh, I suppose it was when we took that trip after college, the first time we drove cross country. And he was like, fuck, that was seven years later. What the hell were you doing for seven years? <laughs> She's... She was stringing him along. That's fantastic. That's not quite as romantic a story or song. Ah, uh, yes. After seven years, I decided. <laughs> oh, whatever. You know, the, the funny no, thing I is, you spend great. those seven years together for good reasons, and then you spend the rest of your life together for an even better set of reasons. And uh, it is true. You know, whatever. They, I, I, that could be completely untrue too. And, I and love it's it, a though. really good like pre-song story. story. It really is. Uh, which I think you told maybe before this song, which I think is what you're going to play. Yes, sure. and 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 I I say that he mentions the genes. And I, I, I listen for this. It's really great how he does it. He talks about the first time seeing her, and he equates it to clothing. Um, and then later on, he he moves it from you know, no matter what, if it was her in those jeans or a wedding dress, that 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 transition between high school sweethearts, sophomore year of high school, to getting married, having four children, and being together all these years, and um, in, in a lifestyle that is not. Easy, you know. Stephen's gone for months on end sometimes on tours, and it really hurts him because he's a big family man and he misses them. And uh, they're still, you know, according to these these sentiments that he puts into these songs, very much in love. And and he celebrates that in the song. And again, not a maudlin way. It's very easy to kind of 
veer into corny when you write about stuff like this, but he does not. And, and you're right. These melodies are beautiful, too. So let's play that. Uh, this is Love of My Life from uh, Stephen Kellogg, Objects in the Mirror. Any time, any space, I'm sure I would have recognized your face. A vision like Helen of Troy. You came to me when I was still a boy. It was you I had to find, and I could have found you blind. All the best memories that live in my head It's you in those blue jeans on the day that we met I knew right then we would be friends You're the love of my life Mom in heaven, looking down Think she knew it when she met me And she helped you figure out Of all those guys Knocking on your door There'll never be one who love you more But of all the best memories That live in my head It's you in those blue jeans On the day that we met I knew right then We would be friends You're the love of my Great slide guitar playing on that. Again, we mentioned Jackson Brown before. It really kind of reminded me of David Lindley's stuff where he's playing on that less, less great high, cool little things, accentuating each line. It's great. I assume that's Eric. I don't know who else plays on the record. Solid band. Really solid band on all these songs. And um, the line that I mentioned before about the, uh, about the blue jeans, so the wedding dress, I love that thing. This is a simple song about simple things, a boy and a girl and a wedding ring. <laughs> It's just, you know, very, very straight to the point. But when he's singing it, it's just so genuine. There is nothing contrived about the way he presents these songs. They're so genuine. Yeah, that's the way I take it. Yeah. 
Um, what's the third one you want to play? Oh, it's got to be. Okay, Songs for Daughters. Yeah. Yes. Song for Daughters. Uh, Steven is a man surrounded by women. <laughs> Just absolutely surrounded by women. Uh, and, I, and as a result, I think that uh, the things that women go through in our world are a very close to Stephen's heart. There are issues and things that really matter to him. And, you know, it comes up in Symphony of Joy so much talking about a glass ceiling and all the things that uh, can be difficult for women growing up in the world. You know, discrimination, inequality. Uh, you know, those things are things that all really matter to him. He's got four daughters and, you know, their future and their life are pretty central to him. And it, that comes up a lot in his songwriting. Yes. And especially this record. Very much so. And, and, you know, this song was so impressive to me that I went and sent it to my brothers-in-law, who has my one brother-in-law, Donnie, has two girls, my two nieces, Claudia and Ava, and, uh, and Sydney, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, and Claire, who were uh, part of the triplets that my other brother-in-law, Tom, had, and a bunch of other guys that I know. And I said, you got to, you know, listen to this. This is really cool. And people wrote back, and like, <laughs> they, you know, had different reactions to it. You know, like, oh, I was a little touched by this. Oh, that's scary. You know, because they have to say the same things that he says to his daughters in here, that, you know, you whatever befalls you in this life whatever you and it's not even so much about that this song is about what what women young girls do to themselves that it's not enough to be them that they're busy you you know with the with the body shaming or the looking at uh you know how models are supposed to look and that whole barbie doll type of thing and how we're depicted and um and if you're not that way and you, you look in the mirror and you're never happy this is the same with guys look in the mirror and you want to be someone else you know don't be so hard on yourself just you know and you could could be a song to sons too but he has daughters so that's why it's songs to daughters but uh it's it's great because again very heartfelt and it could come off as his him being just so uh personal that you don't relate but again if you have a son or if you've been a son or a daughter we've all had parents and we've all had to go through growing up and being different than them and going through the troubles and our parents trying to save us from ourselves a lot of the times um, and now it's reversed when you're a parent, and that's always tough. And I think he, he nails that in this song. Yeah. Besides, as, as Adam has mentioned uh, several times so far in this podcast, just a beautiful song. Really great melody and just a great song. Let's play the boy. Here you go. Song for Daughters. a song for our daughters Cause there's some things that they need to hear And we never know when it's our time to go So let me be perfectly clear You're gonna win You're gonna lose You're gonna walk yourself around in your shoes Maybe one day It's you who will say Don't be too hard on yourselves You don't have to be somebody else On the days when you most Want to give up the ghost Don't be too hard Don't be too hard on yourself
Girl, everyone wants to be beautiful Everyone looks in the mirror I see things that will change Feel some sort of pain But I see your beauty so clear It's in the way That you light up When you are doing the things that you love Just how you are That's the best part So don't be too hard on yourselves You don't have to be somebody else On the days when you most Want to give up the ghost Don't be too hard Don't be too hard on yourself Should smile down upon you And you're lucky enough To find love Give it all that you got Cause good love takes a lot And pray that that love Is enough And if it's not How it can hurt It's so much less Than you deserve You're there one day You'll hear me sing Don't be too hard on yourselves You don't have to be nobody else On the days when you most Wanna give up the goal Don't be too hard So don't be too hard on yourselves You don't have to be somebody else On the days when you're most Gonna give up the ghost Don't be too hard Don't be too hard on It is so good, and I just want to one more time mention that bit about when he sings. Well, I guess I didn't really actually mention it when he says um, he talks about you know looking in the mirror and you don't see yourself the way, and I see you beautiful. That's fine. Your dad's gonna see you. Oh, I think you're beautiful, most beautiful girl in the world. But when he says it's in the way that you light up when you are doing the things that you love, just how you are. That's the best part. That is true of any other human being. And it's funny because my niece, Sydney, as I said, she's such a perfectionist and she plays the guitar and she works out songs and she's really good. But 
but when she's playing and she's really just not thinking about it and just playing, it's like this joy comes over. And same with my daughter when she's always so hard on herself and she's working on a piano piece for, or she's trying to get through a math problem. She's got so fun. But then when she's just playing with her toys or playing a video game or laughing with her friends, she just lights up. And you think if you could just bottle that and tell your kids that's the way you need to get out of life, do the things you love to do and just enjoy the hell out of it. So later on, you know, when the, when the poop storm comes, you'll, it'll be less of a hassle on you. When you're, when you're self-loathing, which we all get there, you'll have that to draw on. I love that. It's a great line. And I agree with it. You said poop. I did say poop. Well, I'm just figuring now maybe, you know, Steve and he's a nice guy. Say, hey, they're talking about you guys on no, the podcast. That's a good idea. <laughs> it's funny. We were listening to the song and I was just, I, you know, Steven sent me the package and it's got this booklet with it. It's got all the lyrics and pictures. And then I just opened to the page for Song for Daughters and it's just got this picture of Steven sitting in the studio listening to something, probably listening to a mix or something. And Addie's just got her head on his shoulders. And it's the, it's the most, it's the cutest picture I've ever seen. Uh, and I was listening, watching... Look at that picture the whole time the song was playing it, and it just it just killed me. It just uh... again very relatable songs. I mean, uh, very relatable on every level. I, please check it out. Objects in the mirror, the new Stephen Kellogg. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast. Know Stephen. We've we've played his stuff before. He was on the podcast. He played the festival. He's a good guy. Adam introduced me to him, and um, we've become fairly close. Uh, but if you haven't heard his stuff. Please do yourself a favor, especially this new album. I think he's really come into himself. Yeah, I, you know I'm gonna play some. Uh, as you put it, Stephen being an underwater sunshine artist, uh, I want to play some garden session stuff as well while we're here. We haven't played in a few weeks. I just want to play some of the stuff. Now you've probably never heard a lot of these because, well, you were in jail when this <laughs> when this day happened. The first day of uh, underwater sunshine. The first day of the garden sessions, we were all day wondering, where, what the hell happened to James? Where is he? And it, as it turns out, the reason he wasn't texting is because he was in jail. A life of crime finally caught up to him. Betty Larceny and violence are not the ways of the world. And I wanted to warn you other people out there. Don't go the way of the Don't darkness. go the way of James. Yeah. Or <laughs> don't, don't drive into a uh, temporary police barrier. <laughs> Never you, a good idea. When you're leaving, reviewing a, uh, a show. So we played. Uh, they will detain you. We played. Uh, <laughs> so I missed. We played yeah, I, Matt Susage uh, on the podcast. We played his garden session. We before. did. I missed his garden session, but I was yeah. there obviously Friday morning. Uh, I got a chance. So he was on the podcast. So we yeah, had a chance yeah. to chat. We did him. interview him. Uh, but he, uh, Amy Vatchel sang with him on his garden sessions. Uh, not at the show. Lily uh, was singing with him the show from Lily and the Parlor Tricks. Uh, but uh, Amy Vatchel sang with him. And she also did a session herself. And she played this one song. Uh, I think it's a Fred Eaglesmith cover. I think it's what she told me. And uh, it's called Cigarette Machine. And it just really knocked me out at the time and still does. Uh, and I wanted to play it because I think Amy's a really good singer, a really cool guitar player too. Uh, and she sang with him on one of the songs, which we, which we played, I believe, on the podcast. Yeah, we played on. the song she sang on. Uh, yeah. But this is when she, her own session. Uh, and this is Amy Vatchel playing uh, Cigarette Machine. Check this out from the garden session on... Uh, October 11th, the first day.
Isn't that a cool song? No, the performance of it is knockout, too. Oh, like, so good. She's just got so much vibe. She was a really great guitar player, too. She's not you know, showing as much on that song. It's more of a just a strummer, but, uh, yeah, she was a really good guitar player, too. That reminds me, you know, I was, I was just telling Adam, looking at the lyrics, that I noticed it was, uh, you know, um, Fred Eaglesmith's song, a Canadian singer-songwriter, and... It reminds me so much of I hate to say this because I just finished you know the the Zevon book and touring it and talking about it ad nauseum but it kind of has that um, you know Desperados under the eaves kind of feel this, this you know the the I thought I saw ref, your reflection in a cigarette machine in a bottle in the gutter in a window on the street in a storefront in a picture on an old broken TV I swear it was you staring back at me. These reflections of you know old bars and, and and loneliness and after you know after hours and one too many and being lost um, in that world, uh, which Warren wrote about beautifully and and another other uh, certainly the way she sang it too has such a great sense of longing in it. Uh, she owns it. It's beautiful. Yeah, she's doing it with a lot of restraint and not over detailing the vocal, and it's just like. It, there's so much pathos in that. It's a Sweet. great uh, performance of the song. It, I mean, that's a great cover to me. She's really... I love the way she sings. It was, it was really beautiful. Yeah, I'd never heard the original, I must admit. Uh, there's a sweetness in the way she sings it, juxtaposed to the lyric, which is very dark and very painful. That was just one stanza, but it goes along. Yes, that's a that's a really, really beautiful version of that song. Thanks for playing it. I want to play one more song by Amy. This is, I think this is one of her songs. Uh, she closed her garden session with it, and it, it really knocked me out. Uh, the guitar playing on it, she's just got this really deft uh, way of finger picking that really. Uh, but I think the song, her delivery along with it, is just really idiosyncratic and cool. It's a song called Cashmere. So this is, uh, once again, Amy Vachel, and that's V A C H A L from the garden sessions on October 11th. Amy Vachel with Cashmere. Thank you. 
kiss you, I close in my eyes. This love is least of all, least of all eyes. This love is least of all, least of all eyes. This love is least of all, least of all eyes. I kiss you, don't open your eyes. playing <clears throat> reminds me so much of Nick Drake early Nick Drake um, very English kind of a waltzy kind of thing uh, somewhere between folk and that kind of old style of English playing I mean, she's American but it just sounds very English well it's in 3-4 or 2-3 one yeah. of those like, or I mean 6-8 it is in time 2-3 it's just really and the way she's singing over as you said idiosyncratic it's not quite it, it, there's two different rhythms going on there. The way she's singing and then the guitar playing, which is great, which Dylan ended up co-opting later on when he went to London and came back and with Karina Karina, um, things like that. I love that kind of guitar playing. It's, it's universal and timeless. And she does a beautiful job with it. I love her singing, too. She manages to... She sings with a lot yes. of strength, but she's also got this this fragility and this, like, crack, heartbreaking thing in her voice, you know, that uh, I really dig that. Yes, there's a sweetness to it. It's really, really... Uh, beautiful. I did not know. I looked up really quick that she was on the ninth season of The Voice. So good for her. But uh, that's a great, great song too. Very well crafted. And you can check her stuff out on Spotify and other places. Amy Vastrel. Yeah, she has two albums. Uh, I think it's <clears throat> Strawberry Bloom and, and uh, Strawberry Moon and, and Crinkle Bloom. Her own albums that are uh, also on Amazon as well. She's really good. I, I I really want to check her out more. I was blown away by her that day at the um, at the garden sessions. She, she was really really good. Um, you know, it was making me think. Uh, I was looking for this for weeks because I love this version of this song. I want to. I guess I should play it now because I've been kind of dying to play it on here. It took me forever to find it though. Uh, 
I'm intrigued. Margaret Glass- Glassby, who we played some of her music recently, and I, I just really love her. Uh, she did a Spotify sessions and covered uh, X Factor by Lauren Hill from yeah. Mixed Education. And uh, it's such a great version of the song. She completely makes it her own. It's, it's so in her own style. I, I just want to play that. This is Margaret Glassby uh, covering Lauren Hill, X Factor.
That is spectacular. Yeah, I mean, that is like... Spectacular. She manages to make it her own in that sort of electric guitar, raw way she has, but also, it's a soul song, and she delivers it with so much soul. It's just like... It's just powerhouse, you know? She is so respectful to the phrasing of that song. Even the the E, 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 you know, all the stuff that Lauryn Hill does in that song... Um, but she's turning it into something completely different when she does it too. Like, so good. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that's my favorite song on that record. That and to Zion is my favorite two songs on Miseducation of um, Lauren Hill, which is a masterpiece, one of the great hip hop you know soul records ever, uh, yeah. much less in the last two decades. Um, a song that my wife, I mean, album that my wife and I played ad nauseum. I can't wait to play that for Aaron. I mean, that is stunningly good. I mean, she's just everything she's doing with her voice there is just you want to lean forward all the time and just what did she just do there? I mean, I can listen to that six, seven times and still pick up new shit she's doing there. It's a great, great cover song. I mean, like Woo! interpretation is so much about like you know paying tribute to what's originally there and making using it, but also bringing yourself into it. And she brings herself into it like a fucking solo electric guitar freight train i'm so crazy about the way she plays like not just her singing which which knocks me out but also her guitar playing which is so like interesting and violent and and tender but also like and they are funky but that is deceptively funky that the way it's like a fork into a fucking outlet the way she plays guitar and then accompanies herself on vocal, I want to say she accompanies herself on guitar, but no, she accompanies herself on vocal. Yeah, she's doing leads playing. with her voice. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Ricky Lee Jones in that way. You know, she, it's a very jazzy and funky. But I'm saying what she was doing there, she was paying homage, I believe, homage to what is on that record, the recording, not just what Lauren Hill's doing vocally, but she's doing like the parts, like the sampled parts with her voice, the cool rhythmic things that are in that song. Um, she's recreating. Uh, a whole soundscape, which is a guitar and her voice. 
you know, it's it's free. That this record, I, I can't say it enough to everybody. You got to go get this record. It, it's called em, Emotions and Math. This is not on it. This is like I, I had heard this because Zoe played this for me a bunch of times when I first. How, one of the, I think it's one of the ways I first heard Mark Glassby is because Zoe was playing this Spotify single, uh, and I, I could not find a recording of it that we could use, and I finally found one. Because I really wanted to play this, and we played her, uh, but I could not. It took me forever to find this. It was so much like digging around the internet to try and find a version of it I could download. Uh, But I can't tell you this record, "Emotions and Math," is uh, is stunning. Uh, I mean, this uh, on the Spotify single, she also played a version of the the title song, "Emotions and Math," but I could not find that. But uh, but as long as we're here uh, and. uh, running through Margaret Glassby again. I want to play you... This is the title song off the record. I think it might be the first song on the record, too. This is from the album, uh, Emotions and Math. I just want to play this because it's such a cool song. This is uh, Margaret Glassby, Emotions and Math. Oh, and I got you by my side Everything's all right It's just when you're gone I start to snooze the alarm Cause I stay up until four in the morning Counting all the days till you're back Shivering in an ice cold bath Of emotions and math Oh, it's a shame and I'm to blame Cause we're alright Until you go and I start losing control without a warning Counting all the days till you're back Shivering in an ice cold bath Of emotions and life I've gotta get out of this tree Off of this limb I'm a woman acting like a a skinny mess that's breathless from telling you all of the things that I've gone Like a kid A skinny mess that's broken 
Yeah, she's really cool, isn't she? I mean, like, I love her melodies, too. It's like, she's just got such a great sense of melody. And not just for her voice, but also for the guitar. And she's singing harmony, I assume, with herself there. It's really, really nice what she's doing there. Yeah, I don't know who's singing harmony there, but... Uh, it's very nice. Yeah, the song kills me. It really is. It's a great song. And, and it, it, it harkens back to a lot of the stuff, like the early Elvis Costello stuff. And you mentioned Billy Bragg because of that sound of that guitar of her... And the guitar. This one was a little bit. You know, it was like a band playing, so it's kind of nice and chunky. And uh, again, there's a there's a there's a very very subtle funk to her playing and uh, and voicing is very soulful. These two songs today were much more soulful than uh, the other ones that you played when we were playing, like the Julianne Baker stuff and everything. Were more folk in style. I don't know if that's necessarily where I'm going there, but less funky and and dirty and raunchy. These have a lot, lot more. Um, well, I don't know because someone, that, somebody to anybody's pretty like. I don't remember what we played. I'm sorry, but pretty, pretty like dirty. Just her and the guitar. It's a lot, you know. Yeah, I think we said Liz Fair. You know, came to mind. Yeah. So yes, of course. Yes. But particularly these ones, like this is more of a rock and roll song than the uh, the Lauren Hill cover. I still can't get over that. That's just yeah. I can't wait to hear that again. You know, you you brought up Phoebe Bridgers the other day. H- have you heard the first EP she did before uh, Stranger in the Alps? Is the is so Scott Street's not on that? No, no, it's just a three song EP then called no. Killer. Uh, no, um, and and two of the songs on the EP Killer and Georgia, she does again on uh, <laughs> on she redoes on the record uh, Stranger in the Alps. Uh, but the versions, the stripped down versions, are really cool as well. You know, I I uh, I love the new version she played. But there's one song that she didn't re-record for the for her the full album, and that song I keep listening to it over and over and over again in the last week. It's just killing me. Her and and hearing her voice like really alone with just the guitar in her is kind of cool because you really get all the textures in her voice, and it's very sweet and raw and heartbreaking and and I wanted to play this song Steamroller cuz I think you'll really like it too cuz I it, she just kills me and I, I know there's this romance with everybody wanting to hear acoustic demos of everything and while I I do like hearing acoustic demos I, I it bothers me when people like immediately assume they're better than the record just cuz they're stripped down because record making is such a hard thing and uh like her record is is spectacular. It's fantastic. But this is from the EP before it, and uh, the first thing I guess anybody heard from her, I, I discovered this later. So this is kind of like what you know, I don't know. Patty Griffin did the same thing, or Michelle Shocked. They put out like them just playing, you know, with just one mic and playing it, and then later on made a record, and well, then those just, things became almost legendary. The first, you know, aspect of their well, Suzanne just like Vega. a million people. I think you sure. know people were really knocked out by this EP. Anyways, they were pretty blown away when they heard this. When people heard this EP, from what I've read about it, people were pretty blown away because she's quite a voice. And two of the best songs from Stranger in the Alps are on the EP. Uh, and they are uh, this one, Killer Steam- and Georgia, and and Steamroller. No, Steamroller's not on the on the full record. Oh, okay. It's on the EP, but it's not on the full record. She didn't re-record it. I don't know why, but I I just. That's why I want to play it because okay. the other two, she gets great versions of them on the record. Although the versions on the EP are great as well, but Steamroller does not reappear on the record, so it really seems worth playing because people, you should hear this song. It's just this is Phoebe Bridgers a year before she made Stranger in the Alps. Uh, this is uh, from Killer. This is Steamroller. Mm-hmm. 
Just a great song. Isn't that amazing? Everything about that song is so good. And she repeats this line throughout, but she closes with, part of me wants you, but most of me need you. I love that. So I won't fall unless you ask me. Really, really great. You know, it seems to me that Phoebe Bridges has an amazing way of expressing being either dumped or longing that is unique to her. Everyone has a unique voice for that, and there's a million songs written about those two subjects. Um, wanting someone unrequited love, or 
I don't know that it's being for dumped. For... It's just a, a sense of longing throughout these songs. Longing, and, yes. And also, like, the un... Not, but more than the, the being dumped or not being dumped, it's about the uncertainty in life. So many of her songs are about the uncertainty, me, uh, uncertainty of things. And the people that bring comfort from that and the people that, that don't, you know, uh, it just... The people that relieve it, like in this song, the first verse, I'm tired of being sad. I feel it when I wake up and it just stays bad. It hits me like sickness or a steamroller. Makes me want to lay down and get run over. But then I see you, always smiling. Makes me want to touch you, keep from dying. You're the brother to me. You're my partner in crime. You're the feeling I get when I'm feeling fine. Part of me wants you, but most of me needs you. So I won't fall unless you ask me to. I mean, that's like... In the darkness, I feel your fingers. They don't touch me, but there's a danger. That's such an intimate verse right there, like about a friend, you know, a, a friend or or someone that she wants. Like she's looking for a, a, someone to to bring her out of her morass, like give her salvation, bring joy to her life. She's seeing it from afar. I watch you when I see you. It just fills me with such joy. I want more of that in my life. I want more of that to 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 mask. The feeling of getting up and feeling bad all the time, sad all the time, and that and, and the way she expresses it in this song is just so. Not, it's understated. I've, I mentioned this before, I believe. Maybe you and I talked about it when we were working on the book or outside the podcast. But you know those those moments in films. I, I, I harken back to like say um, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors when when Mia Farrow tells Woody Allen that she's with Alan Alda, who's like this phony, shallow guy, and he really loves her, and he ends up with. The Alan Alda character and the look on Woody's face, it should be like, oh my God, this is the. But the look is like, what? What? How? Like, this doesn't make sense. Life doesn't make sense. That's what this song says to me. It's like, it just doesn't, I can't make sense of it. Well, and, I think it's because it's about, it, it's so much about uncertainty to me and about the, the limbo that you can be in with someone that you love, that you're close to, that's your friend, but that you also love. And the uncertainty, like, you just. You don't want to risk. I, I don't think it's about like just the simplicity of being dumped or or give me salvation. It's no. It's, I'm saying in, in her canon, in her catalog, the songs that we've played so far, she expresses that well. Not I, I think she really expresses uncertainty in so many songs, like just that that terrible. I don't know what to do because you know you can lose everything by going too far, and so you're just in this on this fence on this jagged edge where you well, live. Well, we've been there, know? right? I was there with my wife. You go from the, we're friends, I'm having feelings for you, should I pass over, and will that destroy everything? If I say these things now, am I going to lose everything? I won't be able to hang out with you and have laughs anymore because I've now pushed it into this realm, but I need to do it because I have to say it. I have to tell you that I'm in love with you, or I need you in my life all the time. We need to be more than that. I, I'm just saying that you're, you're like a brother to me. You're a partner in crime. You're feeling I get when I'm feeling fine. When I, when I feel good, I'm with you. you know? why, can't I, why can't this last? Why can't this be every day? I, that's what I got out of it. I, yeah, there I is a longing. She Agreed. writes so powerfully about, about uncertainty and about like being hung on in these moments. You know, and uh. a victim of circumstance or a victim of just, you know, relationships are hard. It, it, they're hard to define. And what she does really well, I believe, and I think Julianne Baker does it to a certain extent, her partner in crime, um, is there's, a, there's this, this idea of where, how are we defining this? Why should we define it? But sometimes you really need to make that step, make that bold step into I want to be with you 
for the rest of my life. I want to be with you now and, and, and call you something more than a friend. And, uh, you know, that's what I got out of this song. And, and it's just so beautiful. I yeah, mean, it, she's just so good. Uh, you know, let's sing one more song because I want to hear, I want you to hear, like, the, hearing her voice in this context is really, really powerful. I'm glad she made a record, a more fully fleshed out record like Stranger in the Alps because I think it's brilliant and yes. the production on it's great. Agreed. Uh, but I also love hearing her like this. Uh, this is a song that's a, it's a really great version on the rec- on the full record. But this is this is still from the EP, the Killer EP. This is the song, Killer. I just want to play this because there's a couple moments in this song that just fuck me up. Uh, so this is again <laughs> from her first EP, uh, which is I think just called Killer. Uh, this is Killer. Sometimes I think I'm a killer I scared you in your house Even scared myself by talking About Dahmer on your couch But I can't sleep next to a body Even harmless in death Plus I'm pretty sure I'd miss you and faking sleep to count your breath Can the killer in me Tame the fire in you Is there nothing left to do for us I am sick of the chase But I'm hungry for blood And there's nothing Yeah, that that's you're right. You are so right. That that is a great song on the record. The way it's produced, 
that when she sings, can, can the killer in me tame the fire in you? It's just so melodic and so beautiful on the record. There it's a little bit more stark, a little bit more beseeching. And I, I love the, the, the guitar playing there. She's just kind of strumming along and singing these heartbreaking lyrics about, you know, facing death. It's all this stuff about, you know. I love the chorus the first time that it's, uh, I'm sick of the chase, but I'm hungry for blood. And there's, can the killer in me tame the fire in you? Is there nothing left for us to do? Nothing left to do for us. I'm sick of the chase, but I'm hungry for blood. And there's nothing I can do. And then at the end of the song, though, can the killer in me tame the fire in you? I know there's something waiting for us. I'm sick of the chase, but I'm stupid in love. And there's nothing I can do. And her delivery on that, I'm stupid in love. Yes. It's just, it's so weary and, but also like gut, it's full of affection and resignation and like self-disgust at the same time. Yes. It's just, there's so much love in the way she sings, I'm stupid in love. And so, and so much so pain. Much pain and hate. Oh, the pain. She com- she completely conflates pain and love. It's almost like, I really love this, but it's it's painful to do it. Like She even uses the word fire, but it's like you know touching the fire. You get close to the flame, and it's nice and warm, but if you just go an inch longer, your arm's on the fire, you're now burning. And you know, But then when she sings right in the middle of the damn song, but I'm... But when I'm sick and tired, when my mind is barely there, when a machine keeps me alive and I'm losing all my hair, I hope you kiss my rotten head and pull the plug. Know that I've burned every playlist and given all my love. You know, she's extrapolating the end of this relationship to, you know, it's so deep and hard that when I'm, when I'm dying, I, I, I trust you with my death. I trust you with the final moments of my life. It's just... You're right. It's just it's just a conflation of pain and love. You know what's the ultimate sense of love is to is to usher someone into. You know you're right there. Pull the plug. I give you the full control of my life. My I I, I love you so much. I trust when you'll know when I'm done, when I'm out of here. And, and even using death as a metaphor is like you know I trust to know when you think I'm going too far. I'm being an asshole. I'm I'm not thinking straight. Um, just so much stuff going on in there. It's beautiful. And, but also, again, she's dealing with uncertainty. She's like, right? Uh, I can't sleep next That's to a body right. even harmless in death. Plus, I'm pretty sure I'd miss you faking sleep to count your breath. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going to stay up all night and pretend to be asleep just so she can hear him breathing. You know, and she doesn't know how he feels. You know, she doesn't know if he cares or not. And she just... She expresses that ache so beautifully. Um, and it hits you right – I tell you, it hits you right here as a man who, have had, who has had lovers and had, had girlfriends and, and friends and a wife. And for me, uh, it, it's like we were saying before about Stephen expressing these thoughts about his daughters. You know, Now having a daughter, uh, you know, it, it, to think that a woman might have been thinking that about how I would think about her. You know, it's, it's – very moving as a man listening to these lyrics, to listening to these songs, and trying to put your feet in the shoes of the person she's singing to, uh, is 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 arresting. It really it, it has this amazing ability to grab you and just make you listen to what what she's feeling. Um, so you you had a song you wanted to play? Yes, I did, and I, <laughs> this seems like I, I was trying to avoid you know uh, uh, bad words in this. Podcast, but these last two songs reminding me so much of about Martha Wainwright's song, "Bloody Motherfucking Asshole." <laughs> so it gives it away right now. It's like uh, when you see a movie called "Snakes on a Plane," you know what you're going to get. 
This was a song written about her dad, Loudon Wainwright III, who was a singer-songwriter but also a very difficult man, uh, could be very difficult, very challenging man, the Wainwright family going back generations of great songwriters. Uh, and uh, I saw her play this live one time, and she said, you know, uh, it was the hardest – someone asked me to write a song about my dad and what I thought about my dad, and this is the first thing that came out, and I laughed about it. I thought this is going to be a joke song, but then this was the song, and this is a song about her dad. Um, which is the complete opposite of the love and tenderness we opened the podcast with and Stephen and his daughters. And then what we were just talking about with Phoebe and her ability to express something either to a man or someone that she's conflicted about or confused, or what's the word you kept using, which I think is very true. She feels uneven when she writes about uh, Phoebe's stuff. What were you saying? She's not quite sure. Uncertainty? Uncertainty. Yes. Here's a woman who's quite certain that she um, is very pissed at this man. But anyway, she, it, it comes across as someone, you know, as, as a, a spurned lover song. But it's a song about her dad, uh, a famous singer-songwriter. Anyway, this is Martha Wainwright, and I won't repeat the title again. You'll get there. <laughs> Poetry is no place for a heart that's a whore. Strong, but I feel old and tired Over fire And I've been poked and stoked It's all smoke, there's no more fire Only desire For you ever you are For you ever you are Oh, you say my time here Has been some sort of joke That I've been messing around some sort of incubating period But when I really come around I'm cracking up And you have no idea No idea how it feels To be on your own In your own home With the fucking phone And the mother of gloom In your bedroom Standing over your head With a hand in your head
That's pretty powerful stuff. How are her records? I've never heard her records. Good. Good. I mean, there's certain... I mean, my favorite all, of all the Wainwrights, I would have to say, is Loudon. Um, I think is her brother. I think. No, Loudon's her... her uh... Loudon Wainwright Rufus the third her, Rufus Wainwright yeah. that's the one I meant I've yes. spent a lot of time this week uh, listening to Loudon and Rufus because uh, I've been you know prepping this and researching this long series of podcasts about Richard Thompson and, and Richard played on a lot of Loudon Wainwright records and produced a few as well that's and right. he also played on Rufus's uh, what's the one Un- Unleash the Stars the one that's Hallelujah's on no it's it's called uh he plays on Rufus Wainwright's album, also Release the Stars. Uh, what, what year did that come out? Is that uh, the 80s? That, no, I think that's later than that. That's 2007. Oh, jeez. Wow. But he played on quite a few, like, uh, Loudon Wainwright records much, much earlier. Uh, and some really great songs that I had never heard by Loudon Wainwright, but there are some fucking amazing stuff that he did with him that kind of blew me away. In the early seventies, yeah, I can't. Yeah, we got We've got a, some podcast come up on that stuff. Adam's really been working hard on, it. and it's great because he's sending me some of the stuff. Because a lot of stuff I had not heard. But just just before we close out the Martha song, there, uh, I love the "I will not pretend, I will not put on a smile, I, I will not say I'm all right for you." That's such a great sentiment. Um, again, whether you're a man or a woman, especially when you're challenged quite a bit as a kid. Um, say by your parents or by teachers or by life itself you know i um, i'm not going to pretend anymore that everything's fine um yeah it's really cool yeah the way she sings that she's at the very edge of her register it sounds like she's about to burst into tears in any minute and it kind of possesses that whole i remember and we've brought this up on the podcast before that when you said that you know when you love that big star song 13 because he's singing not only lyrics from the standpoint of a kid but it sounds like he's singing like the kid that's the way I feel. She's she's. It's almost like you could picture her stamping her feet, slamming her door in her bedroom, and yelling at her father. You know, you bloody motherfucking. <laughs> you can picture her. You know, and so uh, yeah, it's just an explosion of rage. That song. Um, so I really wanted to get Jill Andrews in on this podcast. Please. Uh, we should probably stop pretty soon, but I want to play this song. This is, this is from her album, The War Inside, and Jill played. Uh, a couple different uh, versions of the Outlaw Roadshow. One in Nashville, where she just blew my mind, and then she came and played up here. And you know, as you know, the downstairs room, because there's a bar at the back of it, there can be a lot of talking. So the Bowery Electric, you're talking the about. Bowery Electric, yeah. yeah. And so we don't often do completely acoustic acts downstairs because of that, because it can get kind of loud with the talking. Sure. But she played, complete, and plus the upstairs is excellent. She played completely alone by herself, and came on stage and you know of course because there had been no one on stage for a while people were talking and she started playing and one song into it I think it was Matt Susich who like elbowed me and said I said what he goes check it out there's no sound other than her like everyone in the room had completely stopped talking and no one was doing anything but listening and the whole room you could heard pin drop it was incredible. I, I, I've i never seen any, anyone do that. We've had other acoustic acts. You know what? JP, very close to doing that the other when he played down there. But he had, had the some uh, saxophone too. But he was you know, so sick when Boom Forest played. He was coming down with the flu, and he played this very fever dreamish set. 
uh, that was pretty amazing. Right. But this is uh, from her record, The War Inside, a few years ago. I'm, I can't remember what year that, that was. 2015. Uh, this is Jill Andrews, uh, My Love is For.
That's a perfect way to end this podcast because it harkens back to Stephen's work. It's got that country flavor to it, great backing band, wonderful melody, and very positive, sweet message. It's a really, it's kind of a great bookend to the to the songwriting of Stephen Kellogg and, and, and Ms. Andrews. It's really nice. Yeah, I really love that song. I think it's really beautiful. And, and it's just a great, the, the, the melody against the acoustic guitar strum of hers, you know, Da, 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 it's arranged da, really well. Da, 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 da. Mm, yes. It's just, that's a great song. Uh, and uh, she's got a new band now. She's playing with a band called Hush Kids. It's her and a friend of hers, this guy. And they do a lot of, it's a duet sort of band. Um, and she was in a band before she went solo called The Everybody Fields. It's really cool too. But Jill's records are all worth checking out. Everybody Fields, her solo records as Jill Andrews and the new Hush Kids record. She's a, uh, very much worth checking out. Nashville uh, girl? Nashville uh, uh, artist? She's from some, like, I want to say she's from West Virginia originally, but I, I, she lives in Nashville now. Yeah. I, I met her there. Um, just a really cool, cool woman and a great songwriter. Uh, I guess we should wrap it up for today. Sure. Yeah, I guess we should. Thanks, um, thanks again to Stephen for a great, great record. And uh, for all these wonderful female artists that we played today, which... All of them. Some of them I had not heard. And um, some of them I heard versions of songs that I had not heard in that way. And I, 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 as soon as I get home, I'm going to be listening to X Factor over and over again. Is that on Spotify? It must be. It's a yeah, Spotify, it's a Spotify yes. single. It's, it's, yeah. Um, and it's really cool. You, you, you really should. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously you've all heard it. I, I just think uh, Margaret, Margaret Glassby is just worth checking out. She I, is. I really hope we can get her to either play the the festival this, in April or uh, – or just come here and do a garden session because either way, I just I think she's so great. And Let's like petition she, all these women, Phoebe, yeah, Julianne. Let's we'll get them all to come play. <laughs> yeah, It'd be, be great. great. Uh, I know you wanted to like you know level the. You almost did. We had some great, great female artists this time, and I didn't even get a chance to listen to Amy play. So that was nice. That was yeah, a nice she treat. Was really great. Um, all right, so uh, I guess we'll wrap it up for today. This has been the Underwater Sunshine Podcast. I'm Adam. That's James, and. Uh, you gotta get out of here. You know the deal. Peace. Late.